and gentlemen, welcome to the Doctor Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can prove on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And today, I am joined by my lovely guest, Dr. Sam. It's great to be here. I'm ready to do a little uh, little dissecting, although this is a different type of body we're working with, not a, not a human body necessarily. No. It's, what uh, type of body are we working uh, on? We might need a mechanic to get into the, all, these, <laughs> all these machinery parts to dig in and really carve out the heart of these uh, transmorphers. Yeah, transformers. Tra- tra- you need to find the all spark to, to get to, the to, to get them going. Got to got to got to take the thing and put it over in the other thing, and then the transformers will save the day. Ooh wee! And that's the plot. <laughs> we just did the summary <laughs> of transformers. Oh yes, we are doing the OG two thousand seven Transformers movie. Oh, what I kicked off the eighties Transformers movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad, my bad. That's Maybe okay. one day. We're talking about this great movie that started off this great franchise. Michael Bay is our lord and savior, no doubt about it. This movie definitely started a franchise <laughs> of movies that exist with multiple movies within them. Then Michael Bay is, in fact, the person shepherding all of those movies. Yes, I'm. it's so nice because I watched the first one, and now I'm like, wow, they really did set up that whole King Arthur subplot in the fifth movie from this. King Arthur was in the fifth movie? I believe so. Some Whatever. The medieval part of sure. <laughs> Transformers 5. There's stuff. There's, there's stuff in those movies. There's things happening. Yes. There's Stanley Tucci sometimes, and sometimes Mark Wahlberg, sometimes Shia LaBeouf. Who's to say? Josh Dumel likes to show up once every other movie. Yeah. Oh, man. I got some fun stories about Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I'll save that for the end of everything. <laughs> uh, good times, everybody. And it's not what you're thinking. Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, what are what do you think about Transformers as a whole? What is it? What kind of place has it had in your life up to this point? Um, I mean, I wasn't ever watching the cartoon or every, anything growing up. This was basically my first introduction to Transformers. This movie back in two thousand seven. I remember watching it for like the July Fourth weekend, and I haven't rewatched it since. It's not you know this one isn't bad. It's We're not you. You rewatched it for the podcast. Yeah. Say you haven't rewatched. You're using your like ten year old, ten years ago memory. Oh yes, yes, which, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I, mean, that I think that'd be a really fun podcast though to do is just review a movie that you haven't seen in ten years. <laughs> Get ready to watch the Mighty Ducks movie, <laughs> the cartoon animated one. Oh, these Mighty Ducks three are bust. <laughs> but I, I remember enjoying this movie. I was in like seventh grade or something, so it wasn't like oh yeah, the intricacies of uh, Shia LaBeouf character and uh the Megan Fox character really represents this or anything it was just like all right I watched a movie and something's happened all right a car pissed on a dude (laughs) (laughs) yep uh that's that sounds about right what's uh your interaction with the Transformers so actually I did watch uh, some of the because Transformers has just been a cartoon consistently from like the 80s till still now Uh just in different iterations and I actually watched like the mid 2000s version of the cartoon okay with those and like the mini cons where they are trying to sell you know more toys and stuff and I really liked it when my sister and I got Transformers and when we heard there was a live action one coming super excited super jazzed and we watched Mm -hmm. it when I was 13 and it was awesome. It was the best movie ever, and I had a great time. And you know how like a lot of cars have like DVD players. Yeah. Like Transformers was just the movie that was always in the DVD player because it's uh, the thing that would you know keep us entertained. Uh, except where my sister was in charge, and then Twilight was in the DVD player. Oh That's god, different. you guys had great taste growing up. Uh, and then I saw uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, 
and I thought it was awesome, the best movie ever made, and then I got the DVD and I watched it again, and I was like, huh, okay, and then I kept watching it over and over because I thought it was awesome at the time, but then slowly it got less awesome, Yeah. and I was like, wait a minute, movies could be bad? <laughs> And my whole worldview just changed in that moment. Oh, God. Poor, poor Sam, realizing everything at it was, once. It was rough. My hip was broken, and I was like, I guess I guess my body was broken that my psyche was as well, and I just believed anything. Jeez. Rough. That's a ho- it's a whole different story for a different medical show podcast. <laughs> Should we just jump in and talk about this movie? Give well, it a little summer around me? Well, let's say that this movie starts as the way all movies should start. With an Optimus Prime narration. Mm-hmm. And he narrates that first two minutes really nicely, telling you exactly how things happen. The AllSpark is a thing. It's a machine from Cybertron. Came to Earth. Megatron's been looking for it, and it's been lost ever since. Ever since. And then what do we cut to? We cut to Qatar, the Middle East, which that's the actual thing, because not everybody knows where Qatar is, I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny that it's like, Qatar the Middle East, in case you couldn't tell that these army soldiers in the mid-2000s are in the Middle East. True. And I have to say, I like this little uh, banter between the soldiers here. Like, they, I watched it, and I was like, you know what? I'm rooting for it. It wasn't, like, forced or anything where they're like, all right, what do you want to do when you get home? He's like, I just want to hold my baby girl. I'm like, all right, that was smooth. Yeah, that wasn't awful. It wasn't awful. Uh, script by Kurtzman and Orsi, uh, who do a lot of uh, Paramount things, bad robot things, a lot of those. So they, they know what they're doing sometimes. Yep. And uh, I also saw the movie Overlord this weekend, and it starts the exact same way. People in, in an airplane talking about <laughs> what they want to do when they get home. Oh, nice. So Transformers has inspired a generation of filmmakers. <laughs> So, like, after their uh, banter, they get back to their base camp, more figuring out, like, hey, there's this weird transmission coming from somewhere else. And then Josh Dumel goes to the computer be like, I miss my family. Here's my character. <laughs> yeah, I miss my family. How's my baby girl doing? And Tyrese is there just being Tyrese. Yeah, he's like, oh, where's my... Uh, how's this going to connect to the uh, Fast and Furious movies right now? Uh, it doesn't. Unfortunately, let's get that fan theory going. Oh, that the Transformers and Fast and Furious universes are all together. Yeah, you know, maybe the cars they're driving in Fast and Furious are Transformers. Well, I tell, hope it is. Tell and me it's, how it's just an undercover agent on both sides. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, as uh, as that's happening, a mysterious helicopter lands at the base, and they're all, all the people are pointing their guns at it, being like, "All right, come out with your hands up," and it does. But it comes out as a transformer. What, what, what? And basically it comes in and just starts blowing everything up. Uh, Josh Dumel and Tyrese's, uh, they, they escape to some area. They kind of, like, have a kid who, like, likes the, who likes them. Yeah, I put down, like, oh, the save the cat is save the kid in this version. Exactly. And so Tyrese is, like, running around, and one of the Transformers gets over him, and he's like, oh, and instead of, like, being in awe, he, like, takes a picture. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense, because you gotta, like, you know, send it back to the government and stuff. But they get away, but the Transformer like, reaches in, and apparently this uh, uh, army base has been holding, like, government secrets. Mm -hmm. So it reaches in and, like, connects to the mainframe, and it just starts uploading a bunch of secrets about uh, this thing called the Iceman Project and uh, Captain Witwicky. And no one really knows what this is until uh, the army uh, cuts all the power lines so the transmission stops uh, midway through, and they don't get all the information that they need. 
but as uh, Josh Dumel and Tyrese are running away, the Transformer just destroys the entire rest of the base, and it's just this ragtag group wandering the desert. Yep, and they're just walking around, and we see this other little like beast go down in the sand and follow them, like oh, yes, you know, like a Looney Tunes kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Looney Tunes stuff later because, man, there's some weird sound effects and uh, jokes. Oh, yes. Yes, so many Looney Tune jokes. But from the seriousness of the desert and the battles of war and the really heart of the rage, we cut to Shia LaBeouf giving a presentation in class. Yeah, and it's not just any presentation. It's like a show and tell. Even though he's, he's like in 18. high school. <laughs> uh, and so he talks, he uh, expositions out. Uh, what his grandfather, his great grandfather, used to do. He was an explorer who went into the Arctic tundra, and one day he like got lost in these ice caves, and he basically went mad. But he's got these glasses with this like cracks and this inscription on it. He's got like a map and a sextant. Oh, <laughs> oh, the class loves that one. Yep, that's a real. That's a winner right there. That's a real winner right there, and uh, he's being watched by a bully, and Megan Fox is there too. Yeah, this, like, high school group, they look like they're in their mid-30s. They look like they're in mid- their mid-30s, but mid-20s, also they're, like, yeah. the bullies from a 90s movie. Yeah, instead. the backwards hat. Like, throwing the collar. <laughs> uh, throwing the football around and everything. But basically, he's done with his presentation. The teacher is like, all right, you get a B-minus, and Shia LaBeouf's like, give me an A or I don't get a car. And he does. Yeah, he gets an A minus, and guy, what a homie teacher right there, man. Yeah, and then he shows his dad. He's like, "Hey, I got an A. I got, I got the money." And then his dad's like, "You're getting a car." Yep. And he drives him to the Porsche dealership, and then Shia LaBeouf is like, "What's good? Whoa, no way, Dad. You're kidding. You're kidding." He's like, Haha, "Yep, I'm kidding." And he drives away. He's like, "You don't think I would have gotten a Porsche?" And he just laughs at his son's misery. Also, I we, we live in L.A. and I've seen that Porsche dealership like a lot. Oh, really? And then, but then they drive over from the Porsche dealership to Bernie Mac's used car dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace, my friend. Yep. Which is also in, in L.A. That's actually just a gas station. Okay. Fun facts in L.A., guys. Fun facts in L.A. So Bernie Mac kind of like takes Shia LaBeouf by the arm and is like, hey, man, the driver doesn't pick the car. The car picks the driver. Oh, snap. A ratty old yellow Camaro just kind of shows up on the lot and Shia LaBeouf is like, I'll say his real name, Sam Witwicky, mm-hmm. which... Horrible choice in first names. I'm sorry, uh, screenwriters, for for what you've done. But uh, Sam is like, I want this car. And Bernie Mac's like, 5000 And Sam's dad is like, no more than four. And Bernie Mac's like, sorry, man. I'm not going to sell you this car. And then uh, the car blasts this, like, high-pitched frequency that destroys all the other cars. Yeah, right? I, Bumblebee's sort of a dick, man. He just ruined this guy's business. Hey, he'll make up for it in his spinoff origin movie coming out this Friday. <laughs> December, whatever this Friday's number is. But yeah, so he breaks all the cars, and then Bernie Mac just kind of like, it's a weird like circular hero shot. He's like, 4,000. <laughs> Which is great, and then we just smash cut to the White House or the Pentagon or some government building. Yeah, man, I, I barely want to even talk about this. So there, I ta- mean, we have to talk about it a little bit because it advances the plot. Barely. So, yeah, we get our, another appearance of uh, Voight. John Voight. We get another appearance of John Voight, if you remember him <laughs> from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him. Also another movie like he wasn't advertised in like at all like for Transformers. He just 
shows up. Yeah, and he's the defense secretary for the president, and they're talking about how this they need to get this new group of hackers to come in and help them out because other Russians or Chinese people want to hack our government. Why would the Russians want to hack our government? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's just according to the defense secretary. They got, like, uh, a signal from army camp or whatever, and they need the hackers to try and figure it out. The hot blonde hacker figures it out. I mean, I'm skipping a lot of stuff because this does That's not matter. Fine, yeah. She she goes to Anthony Anderson's house, who is, like, apparently the, the best hacker in the entire world. Also known as just, like, straight stereotype. Like, jeez. Like, I mean, well, if anyone is familiar with Michael Bay and black stereotypes... That's it. Everyone's familiar with that. So she does that. We can cut back to that later. Okay. And so now Sam Wickwicky is driving his new Bumblebee car to where the cool kids are hanging out with his cool friend and everything. Yeah. Well, he, like, has his friend with him, and it's like, God, we didn't get invited to this party. And he's like, it's a public park. We can just show up. I'm kind of like, yeah, what? We can't rent out a whole park. So they drive up, and Shia LaBeouf goes up to, like, the big, like, buff jerk guy. And he's like, hey, wh- uh, what's going on here? And the buff guy's just like, oh, uh, who are you again? Even though it's like, dude, you saw him give a presentation. You, you just flung a rubber band at him. Yeah. How did you forget him? And so his Shia LaBeouf's friend decides to climb a tree and just, like, hang from his feet, like, his hang from his legs and just hang out. And the guy's like, what are you guys doing there? And he's like, what? Uh, Shia LaBeouf's like, what? It's a, it's a public park. I wanted to climb this tree. And then the bully's just like, didn't you try out for the football team? And we do a big cut to Shia LaBeouf getting decked by the football players. Yep. Haha. <laughs> and then we cut back, and he's like, no, I was just studying the effects of brain damage in football. Oh. And he wants to fight him, and then Shia LaBeouf's just like, get out of the fucking tree. Yeah. And they just climb back in the car, and the bully walks over to Megan Fox and is like, hey, you want to hop in my passenger seat? Misogynistic views, am I right? <laughs> and then Megan Fox is like, nah. Deuces. And so she starts to walk away, and then Sam sees that she's walking away by herself, and he's like, yo, my other friend that, I don't know if he actually ever gets a name, but it doesn't Miles. even matter. He's like, yo, Miles, uh, get the fuck out of my car. I'm going to try and pick up this babe. And Miles is like, what? And Sam just kicks him out, yep. pulls up right next to Megan Fox, and he's like, yo, do you uh, need a ride home, baby? And she's like, yeah. Which is, like, problematic, because, like, she just left this other dude for, like, treating her kind of poorly, and, like, Shia LaBeouf's not treating her poorly, but he's treating her like a female object. Yeah. Which is oh, like God, kind of yeah. the point of her leaving the, whatever. She likes him because he's the protagonist. And they have a little quick scene together of like, she's like, oh yeah, I just like really strong buff men. And he like, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, have you checked the backside of this car? And he's like flexing using his index finger. And the, Cam- the Camaro comes to life and doesn't like this pickup move, so he pulls off to the side of the road, kind of like at this like sun, sunset golden hour where Sam's like, oh no, my car's breaking down and Megan Fox gets out of the car. Sorry, Michaela gets out of the oh. car and uh, pops the hood and it's a really nice engine. Yeah, it's uh, like really nice. And then Sam just says some stupid stuff that's also sexual innuendos about how he wants, likes her working on his engine. And basically she's like, you know, I'll just walk home. And then Sam gets in the car and it's just like, Please just come back to life. Just let just let this work, and then comes back to life. Whoa, what's so crazy? And picks her up in the car. Yep. And drives her home, which this happens at like afternoon time, and they get back to her place like deep at night. Yeah, and they before that she mentions how her dad was really into cars and fixing up shit and whatnot, and so Sam's dropping her off, and he's. 
I don't remember what they well, say. She, she's like, do you think I'm shallow? And he's like, no, I think there's more to you. To, that meets the eye. Oh, that's oh, the thing that they say. Oh. You know, I know we just finished talking about Spider-Man, but I was like, okay, you know, that's sort of like saying with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> so I'm going to sort of forgive it. At least it's in context of the film. As much as it can be. It was it was, it was was forced in there, but, like, it made sense. Yeah. This movie has almost no character, mm-hmm. but the fact that, like, uh, Megan Fox's character, like, kind of recognizes that she's being shallow and, like, you know, only going for, like, the aesthetic of humans... Yeah. And then Shia LaBeouf gives a very solid answer that would, like, work well in, in that context. I'll, I give the movie the minimum amount of credit for this. Well, also, like, she is shallow. She doesn't know who he is, and they've gone to the same school since first grade. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't know how dorky or, like, nerdy you are. If I've gone to the same school as you since first grade, I'm going to know who you are. Like, how big were your classes, man? Uh... I can speak from personal experience that going to school with someone since kindergarten doesn't necessarily mean they'll remember Oh, damn. Uh, I'm just bringing up whole new traumas with you today, man. First uh, realizing that films can be bad. And and then, I mean, it wasn't a sad thing. It was just one of those things, you know, you know the people that you went to school with that you just never talked to. Yeah. It was one of those things where we never interacted. And, like, she was just like, oh, cool. Uh, Did you just join, like, for high school, like, in, like, junior year? And I was like, no, we've been in the same class since kindergarten. Oh, Remember man. Remember Mrs. Scott? And she's like, oh, yeah, whoops, sorry. So, again, sole whole side tangent. I get I get that she didn't recognize him from before, but she should also recognize him from, like, at least a couple years before. Well, he also just gave a presentation <laughs> in class. Like, come on. Yeah, in your own classes. Like, oh, have we ever had any classes together? Like, just today. Yikes. So, but anyways... That happens. Josh Dumel and his company are walking through the desert, and they're, like, taking a little break, and, you know, more army talk, fun things. And then a uh, scorpion robot... Oh, snap. S- ...pulls up out of nowhere and stabs one of their friends, an Andy Dick-looking dude, just, like, completely stabs him, throws him away, and then the, all of them run to, like, this nearby village where they take, like, the, the little boy, and it's like, hey, is your father here? They run to go see his dad, and they're like, can we have a cell phone? And Josh Dumel gets on the phone and, I guess, just calls the number to the Pentagon. Well, he tries to, but they try and, like, oh give God. him a package. Like, you need a package deal for this. Do you have a credit card information? Okay, well, this would could be a really great joke. Uh-huh. But they uh, make it a, an Indian stereotype where it's a call center from India that's like, Sir, we don't care about anything. Uh, we would just like you to, uh, to give us your credit card. And he, Josh Dumel goes over to Tyrese and is like, give me your credit card. And he's like, it's in my pocket. Which pocket? Left cheek. It's like, it's just almost a good joke. Yeah. No, you know, they're trying, you know, still stereotypes. But yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but he basically gets through the, to the Pentagon and is like, hey, we need some help. And sure enough, they launch a couple planes, take down the Scorpion, or at least, like, detach, like, the tail from the Scorpion. So now they have, like... A piece of Transformers to take with them. Yep. And they survive, and they go up in the helicopter, and all's good for them. For now. For now. And so we go back to Sam Wickwicky. He, he just dropped Michaela off, and he kind of, like, wakes up in a start. Because, like, it's daytime for them, because they're in the Middle East, and then it's nighttime for him. And he wakes up, and he hears something going on outside, and he sees that his car's driving away by itself. Oh, snap. Yeah, so then he starts weirdly giving chase to the car instead of calling 911 right away. 
Doesn't he tell his parents to call the cops? Well, he just yells in the house. He's like, call 911. We never hear a response. And then he's just on, like, his bike, just chasing after <laughs> his Camaro. And he's, like, on the phone with 911. He's like, call, call in all the reserves. Call in everyone <laughs> you can. They've stolen my car, which is fun, funny, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many thoughts on the humor in this movie. But he gives chase to the car until he gets to, like, a junkyard. And basically he sees his car transform into a giant robot. Yes, and he's on his flip phone recording everything. And he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, Mom, Dad, I love you. I'm sorry I never told you that, these things. And then he's like, wait, I'm actually glad I didn't tell you that because you would have gotten me in trouble. He's some stupid thing. Yeah. And he's like, Mojo, my dog, I love you. And then he starts walking towards the robot, and some dogs break off of their chains that were guarding the junkyard, and they start running after him. Yep. And so he jumps the fence, lands on his back, and he's like, ugh. And then these cop cars come, arrest him, and he's trying to explain to the cops what happened, but they all think he's on drugs. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to jail. His parents pick him up. They're very disappointed in him. And the next day... His car comes back yeah. home, like, lit the next day. And then he leaves? He gets chased eventually. I don't well, know if that's... I, it's like he saw the car come back, and then he just decides to, like... I think he decides to run away from home. I don't know. A lot of these plot points don't really, like, connect together. No. But at some point, basically, he's, like, riding his mom's bike, like, running away as, like... His Camaro is just chasing after him, like on the sidewalk through the streets. And at some point, he hits like a crack, like right in front of a Burger King product and placement by Burger King. It, you know, it gets a lot worse with the product placements later in movies. So I, this wasn't the worst thing ever. I mean, at thirteen, I even noticed it. I was like, hey, isn't it weird that they're just clearly at a Burger King? <laughs> like Michaela, the skinny girl, and all of her like very hot model esque friends are all just chilling out at Burger King. Anyways. Anyways, he, like, wipes out Michaela's like, are you okay? She, he's just like, stay away from my car. It's chasing after me. And she's like, we had one conversation together. I'll go chase after him and see what's going on. Yeah, and so he ends up going into, like, this, not junkyard, but, like, under a... Yeah, it's, like, under a freeway, like, kind of, like, thing, and... He runs away from Bumblebee. He ends up getting in front of this cop car, and he's like, thank God, again, guys, like... The, but my car's after me and everything. And then what happens? But it, it comes to life. It transforms, if you will. And the cop car just becomes this big thing, and it just comes up to him, and it's like, are you ladies' man 217? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, are you eBay user ladies' man 217? He's like, yeah. It's like, where are the glasses? Where are the glasses? Guys, remember the glasses from earlier that he was trying to that he was talking to his uh, class about? Yeah. Oh. They're important. And he doesn't tell him, like, where the glasses are. And he ends up getting away, or does Bumblebee? No, Bumblebee shows up uh, and, like, crashes into... I forget what this Decepticon's name is, but crashes into the cop car, a Transformer, and Michaela shows up and, like, Sam just, like, takes her down and is like, no, no, don't get near the, the cop car. The cop car's a oh, giant like, alien robot. No, 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 no. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. And basically he's just like a giant robot and she doesn't even have time to like do that thing in movies where they're like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. It just like starts running after her and is like, oh, that's a real thing. Let's and go. And Bumblebee just like comes in, like side swipes and like just takes out uh, the cop car's legs and they hop into uh, Bumblebee's body. 
Yep, and they drive off. And now they're safe. They go to this one area. Yeah, no, they, they get into the, they get in the car, and basically they're driving around for a little bit. Uh, and Sam and Michaela are just like, it's kind of weird that like it's just driving itself. And he's like, hey, you should come up to the front seat and sit in my lap because I have the only seat belt, and you don't want to sit in the front back in the front seat. And then she's like, sure. And then she's like, smooth move even though it wasn't really a smooth move. Nope, it was uh, and not then, subtle. And then Michaela's like, why is it, like, why are you, why does it want to be this cool robot, but at the same time also be this big piece of shit? <laughs> and then Bumblebee just stops and throws them out of the car <laughs> and drives away. And by happenstance, the very newest model of yellow Camaro that is the exact same type as Bumblebee drives by, and he scans that Camaro and just turns right back around and is like, hey guys. And he's like, damn, that's my car. Aren't I cool now? Yeah. Uh, oh no, sorry. We, we, I think we skipped a lot because they run away and then they, they fight the, the police robot for a little while. Like they go to a different junkyard. Didn't we just say that? No, no, they do it again. Because um, there's the battle under the overpass, and then they get into Bumblebee. Right. And then they drive away, and then they hide at a different junkyard because the police robot's been following them. And then, because that's when the, the police robot detaches, like, the mini part of him. Oh. Okay, yeah, so, so that happens. These things happen in, this could happen in any order, basically. But yeah. this also happens where uh, Bumblebee <laughs> murders this police robot. Yep. And he, the police robot detaches, like, a mini part, and, like, it fights with Michaela and Sam. And they, like, think they defeat it. By knocking off its head, and it just runs into Sam's pants (laughs) that have been detached from him. He accidentally lost his pants. Uh, And then he, like, becomes, like, one of their cell phones. Mm -hmm. And so, basically, the the head of this mini-robot, like, just transforms into a cell phone that's going in the bag. I hope that doesn't come back into play later. Definitely won't. And after they're done defeating the robot, uh, I think it transforms into Fancy Camaro. And then they drive off, and they meet up with Optimus Prime. Yeah, this badass. And so they basically just give all the character introductions to be like, hey, buy this toy. Also buy this toy. (laughs) Have you seen the Jazz model? Have you seen the Ratchet model? (laughs) The Ratchet model? Yikes. Yeah, it's weird that they call the the hospital robot uh, Ratchet. (laughs) Optimus does give them the backstory. Cybertron was like the most peaceful planet for like thousands of years. Until one day, Megatron was like, I want to take over this planet for myself. So he takes this, uh, like, artifact called uh, the Cube. Well, it's a Cube. It's, it's called the AllSpark, but sometimes called the Cube. Uh, and he takes it to, like, give sentient life to, to all the things on the planet. Yep. Uh, and basically, they were fighting over it because it's the ultimate power source. And the Cube basically, like, gives you as much power as you want. It can create sentient life out of any mechanical object. And at some point they were battling over it and it got lost in space mm-hmm. and crashed somewhere on Earth. And during that time, Megatron crash landed on Earth. This is where they give the backstory, at least of this part. Yeah. Where Megatron crashed on Earth, but he froze in the Arctic tundra. Yep. Right around the same time that Sam's great-grandfather shows up, crashes into, the, into this ice cave, and sees Megatron. Yep. And when he, like, touches, like, Megatron's arm, it activates, like, his navigation system. And I don't know how this works, but basically, like, the map to the cube, like, imprints on Grandpa Witwicky's glasses. Yes. And, and that's why they want the glasses. Yes. And so Sam's like, oh, I got those glasses back at home. And so they drive over to back to Sam's place. And now 
Sam's parents get involved. And oh, we have not even talked about Sam's parents up to this point, but... But also, so they're all freak. The whole community is worried because when the Transformers came down, they looked like they were comets or whatever, so they think there's an actual comet storm going on the town. So the, everyone's shut in, very, like, closed off, and they're like, Sam, where are you? Blah, blah, blah. Everything's going wrong. And so now... Sam gets home trying to find the glasses and everything, and they basically are just like, what are you doing? Where are you? Like, you haven't answered our calls. Sam's trying to, for some reason, is trying to make sure that his parents don't see the Transformers. I mean, they'd freak out if they saw the Transformers. It's, you know, you'd keep just secret. Just butter them up a bit first. Be like, hey, this is going to be really crazy, but follow me. And then explain everything. Be like, where are the glasses? It doesn't need to be like... (laughs) But instead we get this 10-minute... Uh, wacky kind of comedy scene of like, hey, don't step on the garden. No, 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 no. Oh, he stepped on the garden. And then Optimus Prime's like, my bad. (laughs) It's as funny as a bunch of giant robots walking through a tiny yard could be. Yep, and so the Transformers accidentally cause a power outage and so, you know, they're all worried about that. And we end up getting to the Sam's in the garage with Michaela and Michaela's hiding and the parents are like, what are you doing, Sam? And the mom's just like, hey, uh, Son, are you masturbating? And he's like, the mom, <laughs> Sam and the dad are just like, what? No, uh, mom, stop doing it. And she's, she's like, like, it's okay. We can call it something different. It can be Sam's happy time. And like, we, we saw a light and some voices and we didn't know what was going on. And then at that point, Michaela just stands up and is like, hello, I'm a girl that's in his room. Yep. And is it in his room or in his, like, the garage? I think, his, I think his room just looks like a garage because it's like a bunch of tech stuff because he's... This is the only, like, explanation that we get. He's supposed to be, like, a techie kind of dude. Okay. Like a dude. I don't know. Huh. It, looks, it looks like a garage. Interesting. But basically, he... His mom just is like, wow, you're pretty, and his dad fist bumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, uh... So they... The CIA, or this, like, undercover... No, it's called Sector 7. Sector 7 comes... And starts asking questions about Sam and in the car, and they end up trying to detain Sam, right? Yeah, at some point they... Well, Sam's gotten the glasses at this point. Right. And But they, they think they have evidence that Sam is uh, is hiding the Transformers. And so they, they take his parents and they, they put them in one car, and then the agent, Agent Simmons, uh, takes Sam and Michaela and puts them in his car. And they start interrogating him, be like what do you know about these Transformers? And then at some point they, like, start talking about Michaela's past. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it, w- it makes sense that you'd be a criminal since your father was. And it's like, what? It's like, what? You lied to me? You betrayed me. I can't ever love you again, Michaela. Not really. She, no. They, they get over pretty quickly. Yeah. Basically, her father uh, stole a bunch of cars and, like, sold their parts. And he's doing, like, life in jail for Grand Theft Auto. At some point... They're just driving, and Agent Simmons is like, we're going to get these Transformers, and just a giant hand comes down and just rips the the roof off of their car and is like, we need the boy. Yep, and so they take Sam and Michaela out. They, like, handcuff all the other agents to this one post, and Bumblebee just takes a piss on Agent Simmons. Well, Agent Simmons and... Arwen from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yep. Oh, man. Arwen! <laughs> Just a nice little throwback there, because I remember seeing him in this and being like, is that Arwen? I, I always see him as Arwen the plumber also. Yep. It's, uh, I see him in more stuff, too. It's fun. But basically, Agent Simmons like watches them get away, and he's like, damn it, we should have kidnapped them. And then Arwen's like, don't worry. I put this on speakerphone. <laughs> 
just not how speakerphone works. Yeah. But basically, the uh, rest of Sector 7 and, like, the CIA, like, catch wind that the the kids are running away. And uh, at some point, they show up with, like, these helicopters and everything, and they kidnap Bumblebee. Yep. Uh, they kidnap Bumblebee and the kids, but Optimus and the rest of the Transformers get away. Uh, but, trans- but Optimus has taken the glasses from Sam, so now Optimus and crew know where the, the AllSpark is. Yes. Uh, but they... <laughs> It doesn't matter because when they kidnap Bumblebee and Sam and Michaela, they just drive them straight to the AllSpark itself. Yep, and it did not matter. So they end up going to, where is this, the, the Hoover, Hoover Dam? Dam? And so now they get a little more explanation like, oh, here's where the AllSpark is. And look, there's Megatron. And then this is also where we meet back up with the blonde hacker and um, Anthony Anderson. <laughs> Anthony Anderson. John Voight's there, too. Yeah, John Voight. I mean, all the characters that we've met at this point, because then Josh Duhamel and all his crew are now there, too. So all, like, 15 characters we've met at this point are all in, a, in the room together. Yep. And they all get the explanation that the Hoover Dam was built uh, as a way to, like, drown out the power signal that the AllSpark gives out. Yep. It's also built to withstand a Megatron if you ever tried to break out. And they have harnessed the power of the AllSpark to actually create a sentient robot life. And yes. basically every, everyone who's ever tried to invent anything has taken a little bit of power from the AllSpark to make it. So, mm. you know, phones, cars, shit like that. It's all from the AllSpark. Wow, it's almost like they do that, and then every Transformers movie after that, they retcon all of their history <laughs> so that it, it makes sense for everything else. Yes. And so the other robot that was hiding, like the other Decepticon, ends up leaving Michaela's purse or Sam's wallet, whatever, and ends up freeing Megatron. Yeah, well, it starts like uh, messing with the system so that the Megatron is like in a, like, a frozen state. And so they're trying to like keep him frozen, but the temperature starts rising. Just as uh, Sam and Michaela are like, hey, I want my car back. And then Josh Duhamel just like points a gun at uh, Agent Simmons and is like, you should give the kid his car back. Yep. And I'm like, where is this coming from? But don't it matter? Nope. They free Bumblebee, and Bumblebee somehow knows how to like contain the AllSpark. Is that just a thing everybody in Transformers World and Cybertron learns? Sure, yeah. It's like there are ABCs, you know? Yeah. So basically, Bumblebee walks up to the AllSpark, which is huge. Like, it's this giant cube that, like, takes up the entirety of the Hoover Dam. Yep. And he just, like, touches one part of it, and it just starts folding in on itself to make a tiny, smaller, like, a good a good hand-holding cube. Yes. Something that someone like Shia LaBeouf could easily put under his arm. Yep. It's perfect. And so now they get a uh, Megatron is free now. All the other Decepticons are there, and they're starting to try. They're trying to get the AllSpark. Mm-hmm. Sam and company leaves, and Optimus Prime and the rest of the com- his company comes and starts fighting off the Decepticons. At some point, the Decepticons have left the Hoover Dam, and they've seen that the group of Autobots are leaving, and they're heading towards, uh, I forget what the city's called. I think it's called Liberty City or National City. Uh-huh. Something like that. They're headed that way. And basically, they the Autobots and Decepticons engage in battle on the highway uh, to try and stop them. And basically, the, the all-out war in the third act has finally begun. Yes. And that's just pretty yeah. much it. It's just a whole battle of Decepticons and... Optimus Prime's guys fighting each other, trying to get the AllSpark. I mean, uh, you could describe the intricacies of it or just be like, they fight, Sam tries to bring the AllSpark to like the top of a building where he's going to hand it off to some government people. Megatron stops him, and Optimus and Megatron have this big fight. 
and Optimus is like, we must sacrifice the Allspark. Sam, just put it in me. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Optimus is just coming on to Sam this entire time. <laughs> uh, I, and then Sam's like, that's stupid. Why would, why would I put the cube in your chest when I could just shove it in Megatron's instead? Yeah, and he shoves it real good up he in there. Really, he really puts his cube inside <laughs> of Megatron. <laughs> And uh, Sam commits his first murder. Yes. Well, you know, it's like if you destroy your iPhone, I guess, that's trying to kill you. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know how lowly you thought of, of Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, basically Sam shoves the cube inside of Megatron's uh, heart, burns him up, kills him. There's like a couple shards of the, of the Allspark left. And Optimus picks it up. Uh, they get taken away. All the soldiers get to do whatever they want from now on. I think we literally never see the hackers ever again. They, like, had their whole little fight with the other robot. Yeah, and the hackers fought the small bot, the small tiny and robot. And connected. They, they did something, but nothing to the point where I really wanted to describe it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Sam and Michaela start boning on top of Bumblebee, which is kind of weird. Yeah, right? I had the same thing. I was like, oh, they're just getting grinding on Bumblebee. Like, that's... Interesting. I mean, it's it's like you know when you uh, you're you're with a, a good time partner and your cat walks in the room and it's just like, do we like kick him out? It's like, nah, he's it's just him. But you're not like grinding on top of the cat doing that. <laughs> no, trust me, the cat's been traumatized. <laughs> um, and then at the very end, uh, Optimus is like sending a message out into space, where he's like, if you have survived the war, come to Earth. Because the humans are actually pretty good. We've seen their capacity for kindness. Yep. And just like us, there's more to them than meets the eye. Ooh. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park place. Uh, that's good. And that's Transformers. That's Transformers for you. Well, that's like the bare bones of Transformers. Yeah, we, cover, we cut out a lot. But I honestly... We're going to talk about this in surgery. I don't think the need of the hacker, hackers or the defense secretary are really needed. No, it's literally just to pad the runtime, like put it over two hours and give you a couple extra action scenes. Yeah, like I like the soldiers, but I don't care for the other hackers, defense secretary stuff. Because you could really just have those be the two stories and just kind of cut back and forth between the... We can get into the surgery. I'll, I was about to give a suggestion. We can wait upon that. Okay. But it's... Yeah, so... How do you feel about the movie as a whole? Like, what's your, like, actual feeling on Transformers as a movie? Um, it's not bad. There were a couple times where I was like, damn, this is badass. Like, I like this. And there's other times where I'm like, wow, this really drags and it could be done a lot better. It's not... I can see why this did kick off a franchise. Uh, The second one is a whole different bag of worms. But... This one wasn't awful. This I can't say I would recommend this to people because I think there's other fight scenes that are done better. But like the story's not awful. Um, characters are likable ish. Yeah, I, um, I think if you're just looking for like a, a background noise or like a group movie where everyone agrees that like this is fine, yeah, I think it's a thing to to put on. I I don't particularly like it, and I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend it for people because I just it's hard to get past like the stupid plot and like the really dumb illogical things that the humans do yeah well like if this was playing on tnt and i was scrolling through on like cable i would wait for the commercial break to change it i guess yeah if that you know yeah if it was an action scene that was on like tnt i'd watch that and like if someone was like hey i want to keep watching it i'd keep it on but if no one said anything 
I'd go up to TBS, just one channel up, see what's on that. Yeah, next. another rerun of the Big Bang Theory, you know. Way our options. Yeah, it's not a it's not really a, a ringing endorsement or a or a, a strong indictment of the movie. It's yeah, just it's a thing that exists. I love the one point where the Transformers are coming down like meteors and there's this one kid using his flip phone to record stuff and he's like, oh my god, this is like so much cooler than Armageddon, you know? Like, oh my god. And I'm like, oh. Because Michael Bay directed Armageddon. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're a little on the nose on that one, my friend. If Michael Bay does exist in that universe and he's made the movie Armageddon, has he made the movie Transformers within the universe of the movie Transformers? Or do you think this is existing at the point before he's made it, so the development deal is there, that he's the script is currently being written for the movie Transformers? So, is this movie really just, like, a documentary of sorts? Somewhat. Also, I'm pretty sure that kid is from Disney Channel things. I'm pretty sure he's the juicer from That's a Raven. Oh, really? I, I just remember recognizing him and being like, I've seen you before, and then I saw Arwen, and I was like, I recognize you from other things, too. Huh. Like, from childhood. Yeah, oh, that Shia LaBeouf guy. I, I recognized him for something else, too, right? Stephen Stevens. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is weirdly a lot of Disney characters, or uh, Disney actors, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what else there's really to say on the quality. Do you just want to just dive in and, and, uh, and cut open this dead Megatron? Yeah. So what's the first thing that you would try and fix? <sighs> okay, so let's talk about the hackers people, I guess. Like, do we... Is there a possibility that we can just combine yes. these characters? That's okay. 100% what I want to do. I okay. want to put the hackers in with the army people. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's what I would do with that. Because I think this movie already has so many coincidences that, like, I kind of don't want to add too many more. Because if some of Sam's friends were, like, hackers, too, like the best hackers in the world, I would be like, this is... I don't buy it. Okay. But if they were people that were already in, like, you know, government work, like Josh Dumel's character, which I wish I could remember his actual character name, but Josh Dumel, like, they're like a special ops unit uh-huh. where they had, they're not just in the Army or Air Force or uh, whichever branch they were in. Okay. Uh, they're like, they have like a, a specific like task that they're supposed to do while they're in Qatar. Mm-hmm. So like you've got, you know, you have Josh Dumel as the, as the military leader. You got Tyrese as the weapons expert. You put Anthony Anderson in there as the hacker. And then uh, Trish from Jessica Jones. I can't remember her actual name <laughs> or character name. Okay. Uh, put her in kind of as like the, as like the tech expert, like either Anthony Anderson's like helper or like something else. And then like you put in a couple of the other army dudes to kind of be, to fill out the, the, uh, Give them more of a personality, you know, because yeah. I only know Josh Dumel and Tyrese, and that's only because it's Josh Dumel and Tyrese. <laughs> like, and I can't, I cannot tell you what their actual names are, gun yeah. to my head, and I just watched the movie. So it's that's a, long a problem. Movie. Like, they say each other's names, like, a lot, like, when they're trying to do stuff, and it just doesn't stick. Yeah. I would want, instead of the soldiers being the hackers and everything, I want Megan Fox to be the hacker. Really? I want her, instead of her past being like, oh, yeah, I t- uh, chopped up cars for my dad and stuff. It was just like, no, I'm, like, a huge hacker. Like, that's what my dad had me do. We would hack into certain government hmm. things and, like, sell secrets off. And so it's like, Sam will be like, you don't look like the person that would do that. And she would be like, there's more than meets the eye. Oh, but you know that is sort of playing into the theme of like oh don't judge a book by its cover because that whole subplot is just so not needed with the hackers and stuff like i get why you did it because michael bay has a hard-on for government and soldiers 
But well, the soldier one makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it just goes to show Michael Bay's very uh, specific sensibility that speaks to like a, de- a demographic of the country that's very like America, yeah, kind of thing. Okay, and it's it's very much in his movies. It's always the military is like the savior of the people, and the government is like the one that's like messing everything up. If you want to try to like not worry about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just like take that government aspect out of it. Just like pull back. <laughs> like you know, you don't have to be like someone who's like trying to hack the government secrets or like whatever. Yeah. So like, I I guess I could see like Megan Fox kind of being the the hacker, but it'd be cool if it was like more on like a like a low scale kind of level, and they kind of need her to like do more than she's done before to like prove that like to like prove herself as like someone who can who can handle it. Okay, so she's like the one that's skimming credit cards at the gas station and like hacking those numbers through that and yeah. is like buying certain things. And basically she's like, no, I'm like, you know, I can do more than that, but that's all my dad ever like let me do because I really wanted to, you know, go to school for computer programming or whatever and like, you know, design some software or something. Okay. And then, but then she's like, but you know, I, my dad fell on hard times, so I helped him out there. Yeah. And implicated it, myself in a certain things I didn't want to do. It, it, it would, I guess it would take, you know, it's still another one of those coincidence things, but yeah, I agree. Like, I do understand where you're coming from at the point where, oh, the government guys would be trained how to do this, which makes sense, but I like how, like, okay, because Megan Fox is such a sex object in here where it's like, that's all she is, and if we could play around with her, our expectations of her, I think it falls in the theme a bit more of, like, oh, more than meets the eye. and. True. It gives her something to do more and makes her more important. Because, to be honest, what does she do in the movie that's so important? She supports Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, like, stretching yeah. it, too. And then so you're like, okay, so not yeah. not too much. So, yeah, I, get, I guess I get that. And that would be a good way to fix her because that would have been my next thing is being like, how do we fix Megan Fox? <laughs> now that we need to fix her. Phrasing. <laughs> How how do we uh, how, how do we fix Michaela as a character? Yeah, I guess uh, that actually makes sense. So if we're not going to put them in with the with the army or uh, air force people, uh, the military people, I think making Megan Fox the hacker is a good alternative. Because that was the big thing I wanted to hit on. Because the hackers are just so not needed. It takes up so much time. Yeah, if you get rid of honestly, if you get rid of that hacker subplot, you cut out like twenty minutes of this movie. Yeah, and it makes it so much easier. <laughs> like describing it, because describing this movie was just we did not need to talk about the hackers. Yeah. That gives us more time to talk about with like Optimus and like have some one on ones with him and Sam or like him and Bumblebee because there is a relationship between Sam and Bumblebee. But what? times do they really have together where they can develop something it's really just when bumblebee like saves them yeah and he like gets a couple moments where he like you know uses his radio to like talk to them and kind of like get things but they don't get really deep no like not to bring like another transformers movie into it but there's like a scene in the third one where it's just sam and bumblebee just talking for like five minutes and it's a it's a it's a nice moment especially knowing that they've been through so much together and it would have been great in this movie if there was, like, a time for them to bond beyond Bumblebee, just, like, giving him some mishaps and being mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, uh, what kind of crazy stuff are you going to make me do this time? They need to have, like, a few moments together where it's not just fighting off a a giant robot. Like, maybe, what's something else that's, like, small scale that he could do? Does he, 
does Bumblebee destroy the bully's car? You know, no, like just I ram mean, it in. It, it could it could even be just like a. Uh, I, I think it might be funny actually if the the bully has the better version of the Camaro, uh-huh. like the like the newest model or whatever, uh-huh. and then Sam like you know does something silly and accidentally challenges him to like a race. Okay, and Bumblebee like as the old like in the older model like beats him in the race. Sam's like, oh yeah, I you know he's like, uh, does that mean I win your car? Sam decides like, no. I like my car the way it is. And then as they, like, drive away, the that's when Bumblebee, like, would reveal himself. Yeah. Instead of, like, in, like, a weird, like, life-saving moment. It's like, no, I trust you now. But he would, like, scan the car as he walks away and, like, it transforms into, like, the nicer version of the Camaro as he's driving away. I like that. I think that does make a better, better inciting in- incident between Sam and the bully. And then now maybe the bully's just being super aggro and being like, yo, Michaela, let's just fucking leave here. And, like, I'm just, you know... Bang, and then she's like, "No." Well, actually, does that make her a little more superficial? Like, "Oh, you just lost the race. I'm no. gonna go with him." Uh, but I think that after like the race, uh, she would like, you know, go up to the the bully character and be like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. You know, you lost, but you know, everything will be okay. You know, everything's fine." And then he like, you know, does that thing. Was like lashes out. Is like, "No, everything will not be all right. Okay, look, just get just get in the passenger seat like a good woman does and make me a sandwich or something." I don't, <laughs> Some something something stupid yeah. like that, but just something to be like, so that she's not just abandoning him because he lost the race. Because I don't think she would do that. Yeah, I think she'd still like you know the fact that her dad still did so many illegal things and she didn't like rat him out. What shows that she's loyal? What if when they're having the car race, he's like, "Babe, fail me, destroy this nerd or whatever," and so she's like on his phone recording something. And he gets a text from another girl saying, like, oh, you up or something like that. No, I just want him to be a dick directly to her. Well, yeah, but he's a dick directly to her and is also, like, cheating on her (laughs) with another chick. Yeah, no. I, I prefer that. I prefer prefer my way. It's it's both. We can have both ways here. We can have both ways. Yeah. We'll we'll put it down and... We'll put a link in the description to a poll you can go to to vote on your ideal of Michaela leaving the bully. The question that's been on everyone's minds since yeah. 2007. Okay, I like that a bit more. So, hmm, do we... Sorry? Yeah. Well, and then I would just assume that she would, like, uh, start, you know, walking home and, like, kind of in the rearview mirror, Sam would see her and then be, like, you know, turn around and go grab her and then come back. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And then same old stuff. Like, yeah, same old stuff. Like, where they talk, kind of figure out each other's past a little bit. Not as many uh, sexual innuendos against Michaela because, Sam, you should, you're, you should be better than that. Yeah, Sam should be a little more dorky, I feel like. Like, maybe she finds, like, hmm, what's something, like, a parent would give a kid, like, for their first car or whatever? Because do you think that possibly Bumblebee may not have, like, a name yet? Maybe she, like, gets him, you know, like a, uh, like a scent... Like a fucking car scent thing, and it's like you know, in the shape of a bee, and he's like, "That's my car, the bumblebee." <laughs> Something like I don't know. Okay, that's not the worst thing ever. At least it's not like <laughs> bumblebee goes up to <laughs> imperial soldier and she's like, "What's your name?" Uh, Han, no last name. Hmm, Han Solo. Solo. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Bumble. Hmm. hmm. Bumble. But you're not like the first Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a second tier Bumble. Bumblebee. <laughs> I, it would be something that gives the parents like more of a moment than that they're not like kind of the stupid like bumbly parents that like don't know what to say. Uh huh. Because it'd be nice to like have one of them give him like a gift, and you know they could make a joke out of that or whatever. But it would be nice to like have one of that like that kind of thing happen. Okay. Yeah, uh, I like that. 
Do we see the battle scene where Bumblebee loses his voice box or anything? No, I do kind of like that. That's just his character. Like, that's how he starts off. Uh-huh. Like, that's part part of his personality, and you have to... Sam has to learn how to communicate with him. Yeah. Because I'm sure what they're going to do in the new Bumblebee movie is a lot of that, where it's like Haley Steinfeld figuring out how to communicate with him. Yeah. Which they wouldn't have to make a spinoff movie if they just did all that stuff in the first place. I'm sure that's what Michael Bay was going for. Like, hey, in 2007, we're making this movie, but we're not going to give him an explanation. We're going to wait 11 years, (laughs) and then we'll do that. And then we'll do it. That's the one I'm not going to direct. Yep. But yeah, it would be really cool because we've talked about like bonding, and it would be cool before like the the actual action happens. Like you know, you know the boy and his dog kind of movies. It'd be cool to see that kind of stuff with uh, Sam and Bumblebee. It would be more like a Iron Giant thing yeah. happen. And he like you know they learn they kind of learn how to communicate with each other, and he figures out you know oh this like you know genre of song or whatever like means you know what you're feeling or what you're trying to communicate. Okay. And then they have a little dance sequence. <laughs> uh, Bumblebee maybe. looks at um, Kevin Bacon's performance in uh, Footloose, and yep. he copies it. Gets so Bumblebee. It. <laughs> God, that would be something I would love to see Bumblebee in the Footloose thing. Well, he's right, in a, because Bumblebee takes the movie takes place in the eighties. Oh really? Oh God! If I call that, if I call that, that's well, something's uh, happening. I mean, he does play Never Gonna Give You Up, so. That's true. That's true. I forget what the point we were going on, but I do. I do like the giving idea. Sam and Bumblebee more yeah. of a moment. No, and that, I think especially if you take out all the hacker stuff, all the all the government stuff, because I do also kind of want to take away the Secretary of Defense and like the miscellaneous agents. Yeah. And instead of like having them have their own plot, let them be experienced once the the military guys show up in those places. So like we only really follow two sets of characters. Yeah. And the new characters come in as the supporting characters for those plots. Right. How, what can we do more with the military then? I think it would be cool if they like are discovering that the government has been hiding these secrets. Okay. Rather than like, we just, we already kind of know through exposition that John Voight gives us that the government's always known this. Right. Like, you know, you typical stuff, but like Josh Dumel's like at a a resting facility and they have like the scorpion tail or whatever. Agent Simmons is like, uh, this is like I, we've never been able to like get our hands on like a physical piece of it that we didn't have to freeze before. And then Josh Millwalks is like, "What do you mean you had to freeze? You guys know what this is, and you didn't help us stop it until now." Okay, like that that kind of thing, where it's Sam's like almost like a an opposing story. Like Sam's story is like figuring out the stuff about the Transformers, and it's like super cool, and he's learning so much about like that world, and he's being more open to it. Whereas Josh Dumel's world is like almost kind of crumbling. That like you know. The government that he put his faith in, like, kind of, like, let him down. And so it's, uh, like, so you meet in the middle somewhere once the two sides meet. Okay. And that's when Josh Duhamel's like, hey, you're a soldier now. you got to figure out how to do things on your own and take orders, you know, even if you don't, even if they don't make sense to you. Okay. And that's, that's a, somewhat what I would do from there. So what if the humans have the AllSpark and then they don't know anything about Transformers? Like, say... Josh Jumel's character, they stumble upon Megatron, like in the, the desert or something. You know, it's not he's not frozen now, mm-hmm. just like his gears are fried. Yeah. And they're like trying to start him up again, like figure out what is this thing? And you know, it's Megatron, so it's a bad guy, and he destroys a ton of the soldiers and kills them. And so now Josh Jumel, when 
he's back in the Hoover Dam with people. Mm-hmm. He thinks like all Transformers are bad. And so, like, when they have Bumblebee, he's trying to torture Bumblebee and be like, tell me more about this. Why did you kill all of them? And then Sam's more of a, like, no, he's a good one. He's like, they're all bad. And <laughs> I don't know, there's some overarching thing where he gets saved by Optimus. And then it becomes, like, in Jurassic World when the T-Rex fights the Indominus Rex. I'm and sorry, then sorry, you, you want Jurassic World to be the barometer for what's going to be good? Well, you know how the T-Rex fights the Indominus Rex? Uh-huh. It's like Optimus versus Megatron. And then you have Blue, or Josh DeMille, that like runs up <laughs> to Optimus and <laughs> helps him out and shoots him. <laughs> so then who's the giant fucking water dinosaur? Um, it's, Bumble- it's Bumblebee? Sure. Or just it's coming out of nowhere just to completely destroy Megatron. Or, here's a new thing, they find out that it's more like um, Pacific Rim. So, oh wait, there's a Transformer that needs to be operated by a human, and then it's Sam Wickwicky, and he comes out and just fights... Been on a real track of a. I missed your Pacific Rim uh, thing, but you've been on a big track of giant robots fighting things. Hey, dude, recently. this whole this whole month has been a lot of big uh, giant robots. I guess. I guess this yeah, we Pacific also had, Rim. We had Rhino. Uh, yeah, Rhino. Spider Man show up too. Um, I kind of like it. I don't know if I want the the army dudes to be kind of bad, like pseudo bad well, guys. It's not that they're bad. It's more they just don't understand because this is so new to everyone and they were just like, these are giant robots and this one, this one guy who said he was the leader, Megatron, killed think, a bunch of my army people. I so. think Megatron would have to kill Tyrese like, sure. to, to do that. Well, like at least one of the guys that we like really like instead of killing fake Andy Dick. Yeah. Uh, just because if, we, if we're going to sympathize with Josh Dumel but also, like, want him to change, mm-hmm. even though he, like, you know, does horrible things to Bumblebee. It would be it'd be good if we, like, you know, got to know the soldiers and then, like, midway through while they're, like, doing their research mm-hmm. on, like, whatever these Transformers are, that's when Megatron shows up, kills all, like, his favorite soldiers, and then Josh Dumel's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy all Transformers. What if instead of Josh Jumel, it's John Voight? Does that make things a little better? Because, like, John, Josh Jumel will be more of a, hey, no, like, we can't judge everyone by one person, and John Voight's like, no, they're a national threat. We need to kill all of them. Like, we don't understand them. I think that's already what it kind of is, though, at least a little bit. It's the, had. Because the, the Sector 7 just, like, has been kidnapping Transformers left and right just because just they could. Yeah. Like, they kidnap Bumblebee without even being like, hey, he's a good guy. Because I, I think we've already got a little bit of that. I think if it if it it would have to be Josh Jumel. I think it'd have to be a character we already like. Okay. And that we're going for. And then someone like John Voight is like, good. We should be doing this too. Like he's the one who kind of encouraging him to, to to do more. Okay. Because John Voight's you know the the suit behind the muscle men. Right. Exactly. So, but yeah, because I, I wouldn't want to like introduce like John Voight kind of as a neck because then that would kind of put in the third plot, and I really want to keep it just structured to these two main ones. Mm, okay, I feel that. I like your original. Like, if, if we're going to do something like that, I would want to keep it as the military side, where they're like all focused on killing all Transformers until Sam shows up and shows them that they're good, that they're good beings as well. Okay. Hmm, let me think. What else is something we'd want to tackle right now? Because I like the new idea of two plots. Hackers are out. Megan Fox is now like a huge hacker. Got more scenes with Bumblebee and Sam. I mean, it'd be good if there was a way to also like have a few scenes with Optimus and the rest of the Autobots. Yeah. Like at least one where we get to see their personality shine rather than just like 
do we trust the humans? We must. Like, you don't really learn a lot about them as creatures that way. It'd be good to see, like, one or two scenes of them interacting or interacting with Sam and Michaela. What would you want them to be doing? I'm trying to think of what specifically, like... Because we could have, like, you know, that same kind of silly scene of them, like, trying to hide in the in the garden and just almost realizing that, like, Optimus is the only one who's been trained to, like, be stealthy or whatever. And the rest okay. of the Autobots are, like, not very good at it. And you, like, figure out from there that's like, oh, like, Optimus has lost all of his best soldiers, similar to Josh Dumel. Okay. Uh, and he's kind of stuck with what he's got. And, jo- and that would be, like, Optimus kind of through, like, the hardships and everything, he's still, like, is... is Optimist Prime, and hey. he's still holding on to hope that the humans can be good, and that he can defeat Megatron, and that he's training these like you know younger, newer robots, and they kind of have like these personalities of like pretty simple. I'm not expecting them to be fully fleshed out, but they're not fleshed out because they're robots, <laughs> uh, but like fully three dimensional. Where there, there's the one Jazz who like has the personality like I'm too cool for this stuff. I'm whatever. Like I can handle everything. He's the one that Megatron rips apart at the end and destroys. Mm. And you've yeah. got, like, Ratchet, who will still be, like, the medical oper- operative, but he's, like, I don't know, like, very, like, level-headed. Like, guys, know we have to, like, stick to the plan. We have to do all these specific things. And then Ironhide? Sure. I, f- I forget. It's the weapons expert. Okay. But, like, he's, like, super, like, nervous and, like, doesn't know what to do. Like, he, he knows all the tech side of the weapons and, like, is able to come up with plans, but he's just you know, has a hard time formulating it. So, like, you know, when they're trying to be stealthy, that robot, it's just like, I, we should step three feet to your right and crushes the fountain. Like, <laughs> I, meant, I, meant, uh, uh, I meant ten feet to your right and something like that. Okay. Just very basic personalities because I could not tell you what any of these characters are. No, I completely agree. And I really like the idea of Optimus and Josh Dumel having parallel things of, like, they've lost soldiers and they have to, like make things better or like do like use what they have yeah and i like it like it if optimus is kind of like more not like in the background but his backstory is kind of like somewhat in the background where you learn through him talking about it that he's lost all those characters but not in the same way that we see josh dumel lose all those people right and that's when they can have like a scene together at the at the big final city battle where it's like you know josh has got like a cannon like pointed towards uh optimus Mm -hmm. or whatever or no, Josh Mel could even have like the all spark and like be ready to actually shove it into Optimus. Yeah, give it to and, him. And then, <laughs> and then Optimus is just like, uh, no, that's that's what you should do. I I understand that you have to make sacrifices for for keeping those of your you know your people alive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then Josh Mel's like, wait, you would actually sacrifice yourself? Oh wow, they're good. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm describing it sarcastically, but I but I mean it. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Just giving the characters more to, like, just be with each other. I want, I'm trying to think of, like, a simple thing for Optimus to do to, like, just show, like, hey, you're a good guy. Like a save the cat moment almost, but, like, uh-oh, Optimus accidentally hits down a treehouse, and he's like, oh, no, and he, like, makes the treehouse yeah. again. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to think of something simple well, like that. Well, something that, like, he can do on his own that's not, like, plot-driven. Yeah. Because if you just see someone like Optimus trying to save the world, it's like, well, yeah, of course he's trying to save the world. Yeah. But you give him, like, a thing... Like, you know when they crash land, they, like... Optimus, like, lands in, like, this little girl's pool and she, like, tries to hand him her tooth because she thinks he's the tooth fairy? Uh Uh-huh. What if, like, he kind of, like, had, like, a little piece of uh, Energon or whatever, like, their, like, source is? Uh Uh-huh. And just kind of, like, gives it to her and it's, like, this little, like, thing that she can hold on to that, like, provides, like, light and energy into her room? 
that's the that's the best thing I can think of because I was like, what if he gives her a dollar <laughs> in exchange for a tooth? Well, what if like she we see that she's trying to her nightlight isn't working. She's afraid of the dark. I know we don't give a we don't care about this little girl and the every her story arc yeah. or anything, but that's what. But she's gives, a little girl, and that's what makes you care about this character. Yeah, and that's why him giving her the little light makes a big thing. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Something like that, just just something that where he goes out of his way to be to be good to someone. Yeah. Rather than just being like I'm noble and I must save the world. Yes, and I will duty. always do the right thing. And yeah, yep, perfect yep. optimus. Perfect optimus. Okay, well. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you would want to hit upon? Nothing really. I mean, we've done a big like overhaul, but it still is the kind of the crux of the story is the same. Yeah, no, it's still like overall. I would say it's the same beats and everything. We take out a lot, but I think we add a lot more important things for characters in the long run and give them a little more depth of everything. I I would change Sam's character like kind of similar to what you were saying to be like more nerdy mm-hmm. rather than just the guy who like says the wrong thing. Yeah. Cuz that and especially like his parents too. A lot of what happens with the characters this is more like minutia stuff, but like it it doesn't really give them much to their personalities necessarily. It's just like, oh, these are these are jokes, right? They say the wrong thing and this is funny, right? And it really doesn't add a lot. Yeah. And it kind of detracts from them as people. Yeah. It would be good if those characters, like, if the parents did, like, the wrong thing, but because they're trying to do the right thing for their kid. Right. Rather than just, like, be like, were you masturbating? <laughs> and it's like, that's okay. And uh, and Sam, like, saying the wrong thing while he's trying to, uh, like, comfort Michaela rather than trying to impress her. Right. Because instead of being like, uh, I want you to work on my engine... Instead of if she's like, there's more to I than meets you. I mean, there's more to, to you than meets the I. Like something like that, where it's a it's a nicer moment where he you can see he's nervous and that kind of thing. Okay, okay, I like that. Little 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 minor character adjustments. Okay, yeah, yeah, good nut, good stuff, good stuff. Good nut. Good nut. <laughs> Anything else you want to um, touch on? Nothing specific for me, really. I. I the big things really were taking out the hackers and getting rid of that whole government plot. Mm-hmm. I do think we actually found a really good kind of kernel in the discussion about making Josh Dumel more integral and giving him kind of like this uh, anti-hero to hero route. Zero to hero. Zero to hero. Okay. Let's do Hercules next. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anything That's else you a... want to fix? No, I'm good. I'm good. Cool. Not as much Transformers as I can take for one day. Yeah, exactly. Um... I'm good on it for now. So, But let us know what you think about Transformers on all of the social medias. Yes, please. The Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. Yes. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is DR Script Podcast. That's Dr. Script Podcast. Instagram and Facebook are just Dr. Script. Uh, we have a website now, so check that out. Just drscriptpodcast.com. Got that .com that everyone's all about. And subscribe us to us on all of your favorite, uh, on your, all your favorite podcasting sources. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please leave us a, a review or at least a five-star rating. Uh, but we really like getting those reviews because it, it gives some good feedback. really lets us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Uh, and we, we'd love to hear from you what kind of things you'd like us to talk about more uh, from now on. If there's a certain type of movie or uh, a topic of discussion you'd like us to go over more, please please leave it down there. Yeah, and like make sure to you know, talk to us. We want to know what you guys think. We want to make this stuff better. And you guys have been really dope following and listening to everything. And uh, I just want to say it means a lot. Yeah, and if, if you're having a hard day, just hit us up and just say, hey, 
I want to hear a joke, and we'll just be like, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Ooh. <laughs> oh, hot takes. Uh, not really. But <laughs> the least hot the least take hot ever. Take of all. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that's all for me. Yep. Uh, what do you want to say to the people, Taylor? Uh, thanks for listening. Um, that's it for now. Come back next week, and we'll have another thing for y'all to listen to. That's me transforming back into my car and <laughs> driving away. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.